This is Limit Up, the place where we explore markets, strategies, and trading psychology to take your trading to the next level. Hey, traders, this is Eddie Horn from Top Step Trader. This is Limit Up. It's where we talk with traders, market participants, trading psychologists to help you improve your trading. You got a new episode every week, so make sure you subscribe via iTunes or Google Play. Today, I'm joined once again with my good friend, John Hoagland, one of our performance coaches here at Top Step Trader. And we're going to be doing our second installment of the Cardinal Rules of Trading. John, how are you? I'm good, Eddie. How are you? Good. Welcome, everybody. Yes, this is our second installment of some of the basics that are just so important. Uh, we should be taking these with us each and every day that we trade. Yeah, you know, I picked these up along the way in the years on the trading floor, and these are all rules that uh, traders have kept on trading cards in their trading jackets to remind themselves of of uh, some of the things that they're consistently and constantly working on. That's what we got to do. We have to we have to be consistent and it's uh, part of the road to success. Now, John, we've got uh, another five here that we're sharing with our listeners and uh, well, I'm going to hand you the mic and we could start with these. I know we've got uh, some important ones. Uh, you'll be talking about these, explaining these, and uh, hopefully you'll give me some time to chime in. Of course. Okay, cool. Yes, anytime you want, Eddie. Right. Anytime you want. Well, thank you, John. Well, our first cardinal rule of trading for this installment of the cardinal rules of trading is... Yes. Change your normal responses to certain events. Changing your normal responses to certain events. Explain, sir. All right. Um, as a trader, whether you've been trading for years or or if you're new to it, we tend to make the same mistakes over and over again. Uh, sometimes we don't even realize we're doing it until after it's it's already done. And to me, these are fear-based decisions or impulses, if you will, okay? So when we, for example, if we have a tendency to um, buy highs or sell lows consistently, we are motivated into the into the market perhaps even at a good level but perhaps not necessarily in the right direction if this is something that that happens to you over and over again and you say you know why do i do that this goes back to when i was in the pit and i'm standing there buying the high and selling the low consistently just kind of losing every every trade i make somebody behind me poked me in the back of the head and said, hey, you, you don't have it. You have no idea how good you are at this. And I thought he was being a wise guy. And uh, I said, what are you talking about? You know, I'm, everything I do, I'm dead wrong. He says, well, all you have to do is do the opposite of what you think you should do. When you want to buy it, you should sell it. When you want to sell it, you should buy it. Yeah, it's a, uh, uh, a, 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 it's a tough choice because the thing is, after you've made that move, you're like, maybe I shouldn't have. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, whenever we say should have, would have, or could have, it's an opportunity for us to learn something. Exactly. So I went home and I thought about it and I said, you know, he's he's absolutely right. He was, you know, basically telling me that I was moving at the right levels, moving at the, you know, uh, but just not the right direction. So the next time I had that that emotion that, that pushed me into thinking that I needed to buy it because it's, can, it's going higher and going to continue, I sold it. And it was difficult. I mean, it was kind of actually painful when, you know, everything inside of you is saying buy, buy. And, and you sell. Right. 
you know, I talk to performance coaching clients and I say, you know what, just to get a, a feel for this, it's like nod yes and say no. See, now, the thing is, too, usually when uh, you've got your mindset on a certain market direction, you've uh, did your homework, you've got your game plan ready to go and to do something like this. Um, let me ask you, how did things turn out? Well, the first time it worked and the next couple times after that it worked now at that point were you questioning your theories or your your plans was i questioning absolutely <laughs> you know it was i was basically doing the opposite of what everything inside me was telling me to do but i had to change my response to those feelings to be to become more successful to, to you know there were a lot of those trades when i did the opposite actually played out in my favor. So okay. basically, I was responding just not the right way. So I had to change my response to those events. Now, we talk about normal responses. This is something that uh, you go with the flow, all right? Um, now, having normal responses to certain events, can we sort of uh, categorize this under like economic data, um, news releases, breaking news, um, market flow, stock movement, um, how the market's going to react to a certain event. Well, um, if you've heard me speak at all, you know I'm not a fan of jumping into anything that's that's gone um, volatile because of an event. Uh, news events, there's no prep, no preparation. If if there's a random news event that just comes out. You can't really be. You can't. You can't. Expect you can't have it. any right. expected response to that because right. you don't see it coming. No expectations, and, right? And as far as you know, um, economic releases, those types of events, we know that they're coming. And our normal response might be to try and jump in, and you know, take advantage of some of that. But I, you know, we find it very difficult to have any sort of consistent strategy to be able to be successful in those situations. So my change in my normal response to those events is I stay out. Right. Sideline it, uh, sit on the curb, watch the parade go by, and, uh, you know, get ready to uh, uh, enter, re-enter, I should say, uh, when uh, when actually the dust is settled. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've taken positions into enough of those, of those events, you know, news release, uh, um, economic releases, and... I've had some really bad days, had some really good days, but over the years, I'd have to say I'm maybe about even right. as far as profitability goes. Right. So instead of going through all that gyration and pain, I choose not to go. I choose not to play. I'm going to wait until I get a good, um, you know, until I get a, a good feel or a good signal in in, in a, a market that I can understand. Right. And it's, uh, you're listening. That's coming from somebody who has experienced the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Absolutely. So it's, it's a gamble. Yeah. This is yeah. a this is a heck of a game. All right. Now, speaking of gambling, um, the next one, be ready to take losses. Now, I think this is probably one of the harder acceptances in tr the trading business is uh, accepting losing trades. Now, I, I know we base a lot of it on uh, educate yourself on your losing trade, uh, benefit from your losing trade, uh, record that losing trade, your actions, market movement, and uh, use it to your advantage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, everything that you do in this environment is an opportunity to learn at least something. 
Right. We we have to learn from our losses. You know, standing in the pit next to a guy that was taking a loss after loss, and he would, at the end of it, after he got out of this position, he would say, okay, good. And after a while, I was, you know, why are you saying good? I mean, you're taking loss after loss. And yet you don't seem that affected by it. So he he says, uh, um, well, I don't view them as losses or personal affronts. What does he view them at? As paying for information. There you go. So instead of, you know, carrying losses um, as, you know, something that he's done wrong or, um, you know, something that, he can beat himself up about. He's just paying for education. It's, it's and, right. and it's basically a paid education. Yeah, you you put on a trade and it went against you, and there's something to learn from that. Right. You know, uh, one of the stories I remember and sort of uh, uh, shed a little light on my thinking, um, Hall of Famer Willie Stargell, right? You've heard of him, right? Oh, yeah. I remember his uh, his unique batting stance. Right. Pittsburgh Pirates, we are family, world champion. They asked him, uh, he's a Hall of Famer, hit over 500 home runs. And they asked him about hitting those home runs. You know, how did you hit five home, uh, 500 home runs? You know, um, what gave you that, uh, that edge to get the ball over the fence? And uh, his answer was striking out. Yeah. And uh, yes, what do you mean striking out? Well, see, the thing, put it in perspective. Uh if you were at the plate, you did hit a home run. Of course, it is uh, exhilarating, um, uh, victory. Um, and you really don't think about what happened before that ha- that uh, the home run was hit. But when you do strike out at the plate, all right, what do you do? You go back to the bench, all right, and you sit there for a while unless, uh, you know, you're taking the field again. But what he did is he broke down his at-bats when he struck out, and he learned from them. You know, what did I do wrong? What did I do right? Should I have did this? Should I have did that? And uh, he put it to his advantage. And uh, this is what made him such a great ball player at the plate. Mm, Yeah, well, because he is basically using every opportunity to learn something. Right, exactly. All right, what do we got for the third one, John? Uh, Think for yourself. Never take tips from anyone. You have to own your own trades. Break that down. In this environment, we have to be, we have to take responsibility for every action that we take. We choose to do this. That is a, that is a responsibility that we bear. Um, If you're taking tips from somebody else, you're alleviating yourself of that responsibility. You may even blame them because they gave you a trade that that, that turned out to be uh, unsuccessful, let's say. Okay. So it's their fault now. You don't carry any of the responsibility for that. Uh, and then on the other side, if somebody gives you a trade and, and, it, and it turns out to be a big winner, I can pretty much be assured that most of us are going to say, well, that was a, that, that was a great trade. That was, that was my trade. You right. know, I, I did that when I, when in reality you didn't, uh, you know, if you are taking trades and you're successful for a period of time, uh, taking the trades from some of somebody else, uh, they're handing you the fish. You're not, you're not learning how to fish. 
Right. So you want to be sustainable in this. Start thinking for yourself. Take your own trades. Be responsible for your own actions. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, teach yourself to fish or have somebody help you learn to fish. Don't just take the fish. If yeah. that person leaves and no longer does it, what, where are you then? You're fishless. You're fishless. <laughs> you know, one thing we do on the broadcast here uh, at Top Step Trader, uh, when somebody does see an opportunity, um, we're always asking them, you know, if you'd like to share the opportunity of a market, if you're seeing something, um, make sure you back it up with some evidence. All right. Thing is, really, we really harp on, you know, uh, traders coming in, buy here, sell here, right? right? You know, uh, why? We want to know why. And I think that information is is great information. As long as there's something behind it where you can actually take a look and say, hey, you know what? I didn't see that on the charts. And I appreciate you sharing that, uh, sharing your view and your insight. And um, I'll make the choice on this one. You know, the thing is, in this business, pointing the finger doesn't work, all right? Uh, but uh, sort of pointing the thumb at you saying, hey, this is my trade. This is my mistake. This is my winner. Mm -hmm. That goes far. Absolutely. Absolutely. So think for yourself. It uh, it is your business. This is all about all about you. All right, Johnny. We've got uh, got another two. What's what's the next one you've got here for those cardinal rules of trading? Well, as emotional as trading is, this one is is an important one, and it's a way you got to find a way to work out or handle your emotions. And maintain objectivity. And leave them at the door. Easy to say, hard to do. Absolutely. Very, very difficult to do. One of the simplest ways is when you find yourself becoming emotional in trading, walk away. Take a little walk. Let me ask you something. Uh, you know, we've traded, we've been in the business combined here 60 plus years. Yeah. It's been a long time. And... Um, now, the question is uh, regarding emotions. Now, now, I still have the emotions waiting at the door and sort of sneaking their way in on a lot of trades. And sometimes it's just a little too late uh, to to say that, uh, you know what, emotions didn't take over that trade. You always you hear about the revenge trade. Mm. Uh, I need to get that money back. Yep. Um, the thing is, some of us can't accept the fact Going back to the previous cardinal rule, uh, previous two cardinal rules is uh, be ready to take a loss, mm -hmm. accepting that loss. If you can't accept it, that sort of goes into this rule where now you're being emotional. You're flipping the coin. Uh, you're rolling the dice. I got to get that money back. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, this is a very difficult one to try and deal with. And, you know, we talk about emotional uh, journals so that we can understand when we are at greater risk of making emotional or fear-based decisions. Uh, you know, maintaining objectivity is is another difficult one because, you know, we have a position on maybe it's even going our way and we think that this position is going to continue to go in that direction. Well, we tend to minimize any information that's contrary to that. There may be a, a you know, a, a big signal out there that's telling us, hey, this one ain't going to work out that way, and we discount it because it doesn't go with what we think the, the trade should do or where the market should go, so we discount it. It doesn't, you know, that doesn't make sense because it's not what I would think, so. Right. Um, but 
the, the, the quickest, easiest way to start to learn how to handle emotions is just understanding when they come in, whether it's a, a number of consecutive losing trades. You have three losing trades in a row and you start to go crazy. Um, you know, understanding that you are now at risk of becoming uh, vengeful in your trading, or maybe you're, you're just harboring some venom for yourself because you just had three losing trades. You know, three losing trades is not a big deal as long as you manage the risk. Right. You know, you mentioned, be ready to take losses. Right. You have to be able to do that. Now, on the other end of that spectrum, when, I've, when I'm putting together winning trades, and uh, uh, it's today is just awesome. It's another winning trade, another winning trade. I am bulletproof. Mm -hmm. Let the emotions come in there now. How healthy is that emotion? Well, it's, it can be just as damaging because you start to think that you're – you know, you're running the market or you start to lose your humility or you start to say to yourself, you know what, I've got this now. I don't have to do the homework anymore. I can just buy it and sell it. It'll go my way. We used to call it a God complex. And fuego. And fuego. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And, you know, those big winning days, a lot of people have some of their biggest losing days the day after because they start to lose their humility, because they let their guard down. One thing you really want to do is just think every day you're starting from zero. Every day is a new day. Every day is a new day. You start from zero. Your job is to end higher. Well, it's like they used to say in, on the trading floor, uh, you're never as good as your last trade. Yeah, right. And if you were, and if you were an order filler, you're only as good as your last fill. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, all right. Uh, and we've got the fifth, the final cardinal rule and john what's that one well we all talk about practicing and and um it's important when you are in practice mode to be purposeful in that practice you really want to try and do things to make sure that you are feeling the same thing you would be feeling in 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 a combine step one step two or if, or a funded account of ours or a funded account of yours you have to take practice very serious and you do want to practice. I mean, you, you know, the, if you get into a uh, a down draw, you may want to just step back and reassess what you're doing, question the things you already know because they are going to change from time to time as far as importance in the marketplace and practice getting back into the groove and then get back into it. But you do want to practice and you do want to be, again, purposeful. You really want to be accountable your practice if you're in just some sim account it's easy to put 15 20 contracts on and and uh get lucky but is it was a part of a plan was that purposeful practicing no probably yeah. not you got to trade you got to, you have to trade a strategy in practice now, the term practice makes perfect well it's a little glorified you're never going to be perfect but it's highly suggested that there is a uh, a stepping stone that you need to practice practice i mean in life in general anything uh, you do do all mm -hmm. right now let me ask you this some of our educators that we talked to um and i'm sure that uh, those that are listening probably had some educators outside of the uh the educators here at top step trader and the the broadcasts that we have and um you know some of the videos and podcasts practice on a sim versus practice with a live account all right. Pros and cons on that one. I mean, because I've heard both sides of it 
when you're doing the sim versus a uh, a live account, you have mentioned to me it's it's a mindset that uh, you you need to really think about this. I mean, because on the sim, I can try different strategies and not worry about, uh, you know, how I'm going to pay the bills or if my account's going to hit zero or negative. Uh, But when you think about having practice on a live account, more or less, you're going to be really tight and really thinking on, on what you do. It's not just the gamification of clicking with a sim. You've got to have some purpose behind trading and practicing on a live account absolutely and and you know if you're practicing in a live account you're you're probably late to the game that's why purposeful practice is not just randomly throwing trades onto a simulated account and thinking that you're a good trader purposeful practice on a sim account is actually having a strategy consistently performing that strategy so you have consistent reviewable information at the end of the day week or month Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know that's what we mean by purposeful practice is you've got to try and put yourself in the same mindset if there was actual risk involved and have a strategy to be able to handle that strategy when you do step up in a, a live account or if there is real accountability similar to the combine step one or step two. You, you know, you want to treat the accountability in your practice account the same as, as you would in a funded account. And I realize, you know, you're always in the back of your head going to know it's just a sim account. Right. So you have to get over that. Yeah. And you really, you know, you want to be able to prove to yourself that you can do this first in sim because going into the combine step one, step two funded account, it changes your decision making process just because of the, the, the fact that there is risk. So you need to be pretty solid with your strategy to to be able to continue to move forward with these increasing levels of risk. All right. So basically, to sum this all up, be the best you can be. Ask yourself questions. Uh, answer those questions. Make sure you've got correct answers for a lot of your actions and uh, reactions here to the market. Well, absolutely. This is a business like any other. You really have to be passionate and work hard at it. To, to get what you want out of it. Just like they say, you know, it's well, you get out of it what you put into it. I like Lee Trevino. He says, you know, the more I practice, the luckier I get. There you go. All right. All right, John, appreciate you being with us here today. John Hoagland and uh, Cardinal Rules of Trading. And I know there's more. Yes, so, yes so. there are. Yeah, we'll get to those. Trade well, everybody. Eddie, thank you very much. All right, John, take care. Take care. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Futures and Forex trading contains substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.